Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, tonight um, I will get the privilege and the responsibility to preach on marriage. And uh, I, we, Amy and I, we went to this conference this week, and one of the sessions we went to, we walked into, and the guy was addressing this very same text. And, and he said something that's very true. I'll share it with you. And that is, it's dangerous to preach on marriage. Because it was this, as soon as I you know, give this message on marriage from the Bible, uh, the, the, the likelihood of my wife going home and having a fight just increases like, like that, you know. <laughs> um, it, it's dangerous, you know. Uh, I mean, who can, who is sufficient for these things? Who can, who can live up to this perfectly? Um, thanks be to God, we are saved by grace uh, and not by works, especially when it comes to this. Um, marriage is bigger than just an individual marriage between two people, but it is something that pictures um, a, a reality between Christ and his church. And uh, uh, that is something that, that Paul tells us tonight from the book of Ephesians um, that uh, we're going to be looking into. So if you would read with me, um, Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives. As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see to it she respects her husband. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you that you have spoken on this area in your word. Lord, when we come to your word on this, we don't come to it as the words of man. We don't come to it as some good advice or tips. 
But this is the word of God. Lord, open our eyes and open our ears. We may hear and see this as glorious. Help us to have hearts that wish to obey you even in this. Lord, give me strength and give me grace as I preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. A few other things I want to say before we actually dive into this text. Um, Remember, for those of you who are with us for the first time, I've been going through the the entire book of Ephesians. And uh, just just a little bit of, of reminder here. The first three chapters of Ephesians are... God's, uh, Paul describing what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. He's describing who we are because of what Jesus has done. And in chapter 3, he turns, I'm sorry, in chapter 4, he turns the corner and he says, walk then in a manner that's worthy of your calling. The first half is all doctrinal. It's telling us what God has done in Jesus in saving us. And now in the, in the latter part of the book, chapters 4, 5, and 6, he's telling us because of what God has done, now live like it. And there, there, are, there are hints here, even within this text, of, of the things that we've seen earlier in the book uh, about... about um, what God has done for us in Christ. This, this whole, um, that, that, uh, God ha- that Christ laid his life down for us is all over that first chapter. Um, let's look into, oh, part of my emphasizing that is the ability that us believers have to be able to live out the Christian life is based on what God has done in Jesus. We can't just try to do this in order to to earn God's acceptance. Just try to to live in this kind of a way so that God will be pleased with us. Rather, God has taken us who were dead in our trespasses and sins and made us alive. And because of what he's already done, he gives us the strength and the ability to then live this out. So if you're an unbeliever in here... None of this is going to make sense (laughs) because only someone who is a believer in Jesus Christ, who he has done that for, who he's brought you from death into life, is able to have this kind of love that, that just lays down your life, husbands, for your spouse. All right, let's dive in. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Boy, this is a tough verse, isn't it? (laughs) This is a tough verse. It is something that our society and our culture just reels at. They don't want to hear this. What? Submit? Wow, this this is a hopelessly patriarchal book, isn't it? That's what they would say. However... In the context of the time that it was given, this is going to be uh, actually very, very liberating indeed. The fact is that in the Roman world, women were, even wives, were treated like just property. And, And they had very few rights at all. 
The fact that Paul here is telling Christian husbands that they are to love their wives as Christ loved the church, that, that, that is, is countercultural in its day. It is extremely liberating for women. So I say that to kind of soften the blow of what Peter, what Paul is saying here. Wives, submit to your own husbands. Uh, another thing that I want to say about this text, we've got to kind of back up to the verse before it. I know I started in verse 22, but notice here in that phrase, wives, submit to your own husbands. In the original text, there's no verb. It's just wives to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now, what is it talking about here? You have to go back to the last verse for that. In the last verse, he's talking about all the ways that we imitate God. Uh, he's telling, uh, as a church, we're supposed to, to uh, see how we walk as wise, but not as unwise. And he lists all these different things. And the final thing he said that we looked at last week was submitting to one another out of reference for Christ. So... In the last verse that we looked at last week, he's telling the whole church, we are to submit to one another. There is a, 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 a thing where in the church, we, we submit to one another. We're not to demand on our own way. And so here, uh, when, when Paul says, wives to your own husbands as to the Lord, it's drawing on that last verse. It's continuing. How is that going to look like? What is submitting to one another as to the Lord going to look like in a marriage? Paul explains here. Um, also, after this text, when we get to um, chapter 6, he goes into children and parents. He's continuing the same thing. How is submitting one to another going to look in the context of children and parents? And then he goes on and talks about masters and slaves. How is that going to look like in the context of masters and slaves? So he's really all spelling out what it is to submit to one another in these different social relationships. So wives... Again, I'm, I'm, I'm dancing around this, ain't I? Um, wives, submit to your own husbands. Uh, there's no getting around it. Um, it is the duty, according to the Bible, that Christian wives be obedient and submissive to their husbands. I cannot avoid that. It's just what the Bible says. Now, um, let's look at a few more of the words here. It says, to your own husbands. This is not saying women submit to men. It's saying in the context of a marriage, a wife submits to her own husband. And it also says, as to the Lord. You're wanting to know how. What does this look like? Well, Paul says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, in the same way that you would obey the Lord Jesus Christ himself. You obey your husband. Now, there is an immediate pushback to this. What happens if the husband is an unbeliever? What happens if the husband is an unbeliever? And 1 Peter addresses this. If the unbelieving husband will, will have the believing wife with him, uh, then, then she ought to do everything she can to live with that husband, not to, 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 to run away or, or anything like that, but to live with that husband and by her lifestyle, by her uh, reverence for him, win him to Jesus, to stay in that for the evangelistic cause. 
Um, and uh, many wives through time have, have probably had this experience where they've stayed in a marriage with an unbliever and they prayed and they've, and they've been um, faithful through all those years. And sometimes, not every time, they see their husband come to Christ. And then other times it doesn't. We don't know what's going to happen. Wives, submit to yourself to your own husbands as to the Lord. I'll just move on from there. Verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body. As is himself, as is himself its savior. Now, the church submits to Christ, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. We get the idea. He's repeating the same idea over again, expressing it in different words, but basically that wives should submit to their husbands. Um, I don't want to linger on this too long. I want to go ahead and jump to the husbands. I probably already lingered too long. <laughs> husbands! Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So husbands, you thought you were getting off easy here, right? Where, where the wives are told, you've got to submit, right? Let's remind, remember, oh, I, I, you know, I should go ahead and go back to wives here for a minute. The, the text doesn't say, husbands, force your wives to submit. It doesn't say that. It says, wives, willingly support, uh, submit yourselves to your husband. It, you know, it, it, the other institutions, say, for instance, the government. Uh, when, when, when the authority of the government is set up, Paul says that the government has the authority of, the, of enforcement with the sword. Okay? When it comes to the church, um, we have a, an authority that is, is backed up with, with, a, with a discipline mechanism, which is church discipline. You know, if someone sins, you go to them and you, and you tell them of their sin. And, and there's this enforcement mechanism. In the marriage, we don't see that. There's no enforcement mechanism. You don't discipline your wives. It's just the, the command directly from Jesus to the wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, don't try, to, don't try to force this on your wives. It has to come willingly. Now, husbands, I'm, I'm, I'm going back and forth here. Husbands, love your wives. It, it, it specifically says your wives. Who are you to love? Your wives or your wife. Yeah. You're not married to more than one. Each individual, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Um, as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So you want a picture of what it's like for a husband to love a wife? What is your love if you're a man and you're married or, or um, if you're going to be married someday? Uh, or if you're counting, calling others, you know, I got to back up. There's so many things to address here. Not everybody in here is married, right? Not everybody necessarily will be married. Not everybody, some people have been married and are widowed now. 
So how do we? How how does this apply to everybody? You know, I I don't want to look like I'm just talking to married people here and just forget everybody else. Well, it's it's pretty obvious. Some some people who aren't married yet will one day be married. So that's that's information for the future. But as a church, we hold one another accountable, right? We hold one another accountable. We look at one another's lives, and we we ought to be able to teach one another what it is. And and so even somebody who's widowed, um, I have two grandparents in here that are widowed. Even this this is this is uh, relevant to them as they continue in the life of their churches and help to to teach those younger than them and, and be able to to help model what it is to be. A good, godly husband or wife. So this is relevant to everybody, whether they're married or not. Uh, if you're not married, you may, if you're a believer, you're going to be a part of a church, and you're going to have married people in that church, and who you will be called to help keep accountable. So, backing up. Okay, <laughs> there's. I'm all over the place, and I. Husbands, love your wives, as Christ loved the church. Do you want to know what it looks like to love your wife? Look to Jesus. Look at what he did. He gave up himself for the church. How did he give himself up for the church? He died. He left heaven above. He was was in heaven in glory with the Father from all eternity. And he stepped out of heaven onto onto the earth in the form of a baby. He he, uh, lived a sinless life and he died giving his life for his bride, the church. That's how a husband should love his wife. This is not a selfish thing. It is a giving thing. Uh, Husbands, your love for your wife will be demonstrated in the way that you give yourself for her. In the way that you don't demand your own way. Thanks, Amy. You see why this is hard. (laughs) In the way you don't demand your own way. So that if if a husband is truly laying his life down like Christ did for the church, then a wife ought to rejoice and be glad to submit to that kind of husband. That he might sanctify her. One of the duties of... A a father, not a father, of a husband is is continuing to model this, what Jesus did. Jesus gave himself up for the church, the bride, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. One of the husband's responsibilities is to be the spiritual leader of the home. To be the spiritual leader of the home. What does this say that Christ did? it, It says that he... Will present. I'm sorry. He will. He have, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. He is to teach his wife from the Bible. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a seminary degree to do that, but take leadership in the home for the spiritual nourishment of your family. Verse twenty-seven. So that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. 
that she might be holy without blemish. That's what Jesus does for the church. He he will present the church holy and blameless without wrinkle or spot. That sounds familiar if you've been with me through Ephesians. Um, Back in Ephesians chapter 1. You don't have to turn there. If you want to, you can. It talks about our hope. Ah, here it is in verse 4. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Okay, that's from chapter one. One of the things that God has done in Christ is he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him. We've got the same language here. Christ laid down his life. He washed her with water of the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, holy and blameless. One of these days, our hope is that we'll be with that bride of Christ and that Jesus will present us to the Father holy and blameless. And, and so, to, so oftentimes we feel in our own sinfulness, we feel like, I, I'm so far from being perfect and blameless. I'm so far from where I need to be. I sin every day. How could I ever be holy like he calls me? Well, That's what Christ is doing for his bride. And one of these days, no matter how bad you feel as a believer, one of these days you have a hope that one day Christ will present you holy and blameless before the Father as a part of his bride. And he will not be ashamed of his bride. Verse 28 it's continuing on with the husbands. We, we kind of took a, a little bit of a tangent here to talk about Jesus and how, how that we husbands model the way that Jesus has uh, laid down his life for the church. Verse 28, in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. Because we're members of one body. What do they say at a wedding? Therefore, what God has put together, let no one separate, right? And that takes, comes right out of the language from Genesis chapter 1. What God puts together, let no one separate. When a, when a husband and a wife are married, they become one flesh. That's the scriptural term, and, and, and that's physically demonstrated in the birth of children. You've got, uh, you've got part of the DNA from the father and part of the DNA from the one that's all put together in one flesh. Jesus tells, Paul tells us that one of the reasons why husbands are to love their wives as Christ loves the church is because... We are one flesh. We are one body. If you hurt or abuse your wife, 
You're doing it to yourself. You're, you're hurting yourself if you're doing that. No one will hurt their own body. So Paul reminds us a husband and a wife are one flesh together. And on that basis, he calls for husbands, don't misuse or, or mistreat. Because you'd never mistreat your own body that way, but you nourish it and you cherish it. Verse 31, therefore, he quotes the Old Testament passage where that comes from. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. This mystery. This mystery. Again, that's a term that we've heard before in this book. Back in chapter 1. Um, I'm pretty sure it's in the first section there. Ah, I'm going to start back in verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to the purpose of which he set forth in Christ. So there's this mystery. This mystery that we didn't know about before Christ came. And he has made known to us this mystery. Paul refers again to this mystery. There was something that was hidden. It was veiled before Christ came. In the Old Testament, there are time after time after time after time in which there's this metaphor where, that where the Lord refers to himself as the husband to his people Israel. He did so in the passage that, um, that Caleb read from. He does it over and over and over in the Old Testament. He does it in Hosea in particular. About Hosea, this, this, he tells Hosea to go and marry someone who's a woman of harlotry to demonstrate what God's relationship with Israel is like. They've been unfaithful to him, and they run off from him. And he goes after them and pursues them, even though they've been unfaithful, and he, he loves them and wins them back. Paul here is pointing to this mystery that was not revealed in the Old Testament. This mystery about how God and his people, about how Christ and the church are related. Um, the way this is put, it's not like Paul was trying to think up, what's something that I can use to illustrate um, marriage? Oh, yeah, I think it's like Christ and the church. No, it's the other way around. God designed from all eternity past what Christ and the church was going to be like that. And in the creation itself, he designed marriage as something to point to this relationship between Christ and the church from the very beginning. I hope that made sense. What is pointing to what? Marriage from the creation, from whenever he said from the very beginning, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become flesh, one flesh. From the very beginning of Genesis, when man and woman were created and put in the garden to live together, 
and be married. All of that and every marriage since then was supposed to be this signpost that points us to the gospel. And a husband loving his wife as Christ loves the church. And a wife submitting to her husband as to the Lord is both of those things are things that point to this mystery that's revealed. It's pointing to the gospel. And when people on the outside, people who are unbelievers, they look at your marriage as a believer and they ask, what makes you so different? Why do you do things the way you do? They can ask and you can tell them about the gospel because of texts like this. I love my wife and I care for her the way I do. Albeit imperfectly because of what I've seen in Jesus. Wives the same way. I can submit to my husband and, and respect him, not because he's so perfect or anything, but because of Jesus, because of what he did. The last verse here. However, let each one of you, he's coming back to this practical advice. Let each one of you love his wife as himself and the wife see that she respects her husband's husband. This is God's word. It's not popular in our culture today. And I don't know what's going on in everyone's heart and mind, but it very well might receive resistance in this room. I don't know. But it's God's word. It's God's word. Let me go back to the husbands. <laughs> husbands, love your wives. Be self-sacrificing like Christ was to the church. Remember, you're one body. A husband who does not love his wife in this way, but is abusive, whether it be physical, sexual, or um, uh, emotional in any of those ways, is sending the wrong message about the gospel. Is sending a satanic message anti-gospel message. No Christian husband should ever abuse or mistreat his wife. And when he does, he sends a message that is antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And any church that is known that a man does this kind of a thing needs to hold that man accountable and if, if, if necessary, church discipline should be applied. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.